From the healing heart of Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland comes the Dr. Nina Show with a message of hope for people struggling with binge eating. She helps listeners break free from emotional eating by identifying their hidden triggers and provides a path for healing without dieting or focusing on food. Dr. Nina inspires us to enjoy the full spectrum of human experience we all deserve to live. Hi there. Welcome to the Dr. Nina Show. I am your host, Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland. I am a psychoanalyst specializing in eating disorders, and I am here to help you break free from binging, body shame, and diets that don't work. I want you to wake up and think about your day, not your diet. How about that? How amazing would that be? Let's let's make it happen. Let's make it happen in 2023. So the first step to creating a binge-free, happy life is to focus on what's eating at you, not on what you are eating. And I am here to help you identify that and process that. I'm here to help you every step of the way. So my topic today is, as you might have guessed by my opening, it's almost 2023. My topic today is New Year's. This is not going to be another new year, new you, um, you know, transform your body. No, no, no. If that is what you are looking for, stop watching, stop listening, turn off the radio, get off Instagram. That is not what we are going to be talking about today. Um, I'm going to give you some steps for actual transformational steps that you can take in this next year to change your relationship with yourself, which will help you change your relationship to food and your world. How about that? That's a lot better than going on a diet or, you know, giving up, giving up carbs or or vowing to go to the gym every day of the week. Okay. So I'm going to discuss my new year happiness blueprint. And if we have time, I will open up the phone lines um, and you can call in and talk with me. But if you are watching the live stream on Instagram, you can drop a comment at any time. Okay, so New Year's. There's always something so special about new beginnings, new years. They always carry a little life-changing, goal-reaching, magical possibility, don't they? But you know, they're often about behavior, New Year's resolutions. It's always about something that you're going to either do, like I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. I'm going to take up a sport. I'm going to do this. Or it's about something that you're not going to do. You're going to stop doing. I'm going to stop drinking wine. I'm going to stop eating sugar. I'm going to stop eating junk food, that kind of thing. And the thing is, those kinds of resolutions are never sustainable because in order to make change in your behavior, you really have to figure out why you're doing the thing in the first place. Thoughts and beliefs lead to feelings, lead to behaviors. So if you're only trying to change your behavior, it's all about willpower. You really have to get to why you're doing whatever it is that you're doing or not doing in order to make meaningful change. So we're not going to talk about making changes in behavior in terms of I'm going to do this or stop doing that. That goes well for a few days, a few weeks, maybe even a few months if you've got really some good willpower there. But eventually that willpower will fizzle and you're back to square one. So let's do it a different way. Okay. Now, also resolutions for new year, new me often walk hand in hand with a barrage of self-criticism. We sort of over-remember our perceived faults of the past year, and we are unforgiving of ourselves, of our mistakes, real or imagined. And we think that our future is going to hold that same pattern of unhealthy uh, habits, beliefs, etc., unless we do something different. So let's Let's do something different by doing something different. Here's a question for you. What if this year is the year of self-compassion instead of self-hatred? The year of love-motivated change rather than hate, self-hate-motivated criticism. What What if it's the year of making peace with food instead of 
the frustrating cycle of dieting, binging, dieting, binging, that horrible, horrible diet binge cycle, never ending until you end it by doing something different. So this can be the year where things change. This can be the year where your relationships blossom, including your relationship with yourself, where you find work fulfilling. Maybe it's new work, or maybe you have a a new attitude toward the work you already have and where you're happier. Maybe this is the year where those things happen, but that can only happen when you make peace with yourself. And that means really creating unconditional acceptance of yourself as you strive to create change. Making peace with yourself means accepting your emotions, accepting yourself, your 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 weirdness, your wonderfulness, all of all of it and being nice to yourself. That's what making peace with yourself really is. So today I'm going to talk about a blueprint for creating a different kind of year. Instead of resolutions about behavior, we're going to talk about resolutions having to do with your relationship with yourself and your world, and those are going to change your relationship with food. Okay. So let's start by recommitting. Recommitting. I encourage you to take a moment to recommit to yourself, to your life, to to loving yourself, accepting yourself, liking yourself, recommitting to creating happiness. Take a moment and visualize where you want to be a year from now. Imagine it's December 28th, 2023. Where are you? I want you to visualize a revitalized, glowing, thriving you. So today's today we're going to start with a challenge to commit, recommit to yourself. And actually write it out or think it out. Make a statement about it. Like, I am committing to myself, to my health, to my happiness, and to a year of self-acceptance and self-love. What is it that you are committing to when you commit to yourself? Um, Think about what goal is important to you. For example, um, committing to a year of self-acceptance, committing to developing a healthy relationship with myself. You could say that. You can say, I'll finally give up the diet habit. I'm going to stop dieting. I'm going to prioritize listening to my body, listening to my hunger signals, and responding to my emotions. That is a great commitment to start with. Prioritize the things that are most important to you. Maybe they're family, maybe they're work, maybe they're your dog. Maybe it's creating a partnership. Maybe it's leaving a partnership. Whatever it is to you, without judgment, think about what would make you happiest. And remember that you are committing to spending time working towards the things that bring you joy. How about that? Instead of, I won't do this and I will do this. Hey, I'm going to figure out what brings me joy. You deserve that. You absolutely deserve that. We all deserve that. So don't stand in your own way anymore with New Year's resolutions that prioritize behavior. Recommit to a new year and a new relationship with yourself. So um, just remember, things can change. This is the year that they do, but not in the way that you think with changing behavior in the way that you, you're going to get a new attitude. Isn't that a song? New attitude, I will spare you because I will not sing it. Nobody needs to hear me sing. All right. You know what I'm talking about, the new attitude. <laughs> All right. Okay. So now let's talk about how to sustain. You've made, a, you've made a commitment. You're recommitting to yourself. Let's talk about how to sustain the change and how to remove the roadblocks that keep you from attaining your goals and your dreams. You know, I wish that you could just like order it on Amazon. Wouldn't that be nice? Hey, I want self-acceptance. Let me get it on Amazon. Wouldn't that be great? What a wonderful world that would be. Unfortunately, we don't yet live in that 
in that world. So, but you can get there. So first you're going to recommit to yourself. Then you're going to reevaluate. Start by writing down everything that is stopping you from being happy. Don't just consider like your external circumstances. Take notice of your limiting beliefs, the ideas that you have about yourself, the assumptions that are contributing to your unhappiness. What are they? Do you believe that you need to be happy to, that you you will only be happy? Let me just rephrase that. I'm trying to say things in two different ways. Do you believe that you need to lose weight in order to be happy? Do you believe that you will only be happy when you lose weight? That's a limiting belief. Do you assume that you will be more loved or more lovable if just this one thing happened? Whatever that one thing is. Well, let me tell you a secret. That's not how it works. That is not how it works. That is what the diet industry sells us, by the way. They sell us the illusion. I talk about this every week because you need to hear it repeatedly. They sell us the illusion that if we lose weight, we will gain happiness. Sheila is saying she will only be happy when she stops binge eating. No, Sheila, you will only stop binge eating when you are happy. That's how it works. You are binge eating because you're unhappy. Some idea or, or, or belief about yourself, which you have shared here, um, before some some so toxic beliefs about yourself are making you feel unhappy and you're binge eating to escape yourself. You, everybody who's listening, if you are turning to food, you are turning away from something else. When you are happy, when you are kind to yourself, when you can comfort yourself instead of attack yourself, or when you can comfort yourself when someone else attacks you, when you make yourself feel better with words and a new attitude, then you will not binge eat. Yeah. It, 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 she's saying it's an interesting reframe. Yeah, it, but it's the truth. It's the reality. You, you know, binge eating is a frenemy. It does something for you, but it also hurts you. What does it do? What does it do for you? It comforts you. It helps you escape your own mean voice. It gives you something to do. It displaces feelings. Uh, it if you're mad at yourself for binge eating, maybe you're not mad at someone else in your life. It symbolically fills a void. It does so many things, but it it also ultimately hurts you much more than it helps. So. What is stopping you from feeling good and feeling happy isn't the weight, the binge eating, the bad job, the poor health, the bad relationship, none of those things. What's stopping you is your belief that you can't have that kind of happiness, that kind of great relationship or that great job or just whatever it is that you want without changing something, losing weight, stopping binge eating. Um, you know, something has to change about you for you to have what you want. No, no. If you can't, if you can't believe that you can't be happy today, then you will not be happy today or tomorrow. By the way, um, Let's just take an an analogy. Um, Let's just say you plant some seeds. You want to plant a garden and you want to plant some vegetables and some fruit. So you plant strawberry seeds, blueberry seeds, carrot seeds. Would you expect an apple tree to sprout from your strawberry seeds? Or a zucchini to grow from the carrot plant? No, no. We reap what we sow. What we put in, we get out. And our minds are like gardens. If we plant seeds of hopelessness, self-criticism, judgment, frustration, we will grow despair, self-hatred, self-abuse, really. But if we plant 
hope, acceptance, and compassion, then then we will feel peaceful. We will feel loved and lovable. We will change. We will flourish. So in the, the soil of psychological safety, and I promise you this is as far as I'm taking this particular metaphor, um, we, can, we can find the ability to improve and progress without struggle. You just need to plant a seed of hope and continue to water it by continuing to respond differently, to practice something new, to give yourself something different. Imagine reaching your goals without shaming yourself. So many people will, will, will say terrible things to themselves. They'll just be so mean. They'll say to themselves, oh my God, you're such an idiot. Can't believe you didn't do that yet. Or I can't believe you did that. God, you suck. You're never going to be able to do X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. So mean. And often when I point this out, they say, well, I'm just motivating myself. Would you motivate anybody else in your life in that way? Would you motivate anybody by telling them that they're such, such an idiot? They're so stupid. Oh my God, I can't believe you haven't done that. No, you would never motivate someone in that way. And if you would, then we, we need to talk. But I don't think you would. I think you probably motivate yourself with self-criticism and you may motivate others with acceptance and um you know, being their cheerleader rather than tearing them down. So, you know, let's not beat yourself up with a sharp stick of shame because that does not motivate you to do better. It just makes you feel bad. And then when you feel bad, you, you can't shame yourself and make yourself feel better at the same time. That just doesn't work. And if you shame yourself and you attack yourself, and then later you are nice to yourself, that doesn't work either because you're not going to believe the nice part of you. You have, to, you have to challenge the part of you that's shaming yourself. If you don't, then you turn to food to escape your own mean voice. You shame yourself with these mean thoughts and then you turn to food to escape yourself, soothe yourself, comfort yourself, and all the rest. So this is a cycle that has to change. That's why diets and willpower don't work. You're just focusing on the behavior. What needs to change is the, the, the shaming or the mean relationship to yourself. That's what needs to change. When you change that, you don't need food to feel better. You just feel better. Um, okay, so what what is your vision? What are your goals for this year? Take a few minutes to think about that. Think about everything that is stopping you. Think about everything that you want. Think about the ideas you have about yourself that are in your own way. What would be different? And you can you can have goals around like I want to I want to cultivate more self acceptance. I want to be more compassionate with my myself, and they should work against self criticism. Right? No self criticism, no self hatred. That just leads to binging or turning to food for comfort. So, what are some examples? What if you're if you're not used to being kind to yourself, you might just be drawing blanks right now. So here are a few as an example. Um, learning to be more um, more grateful for your body. I'm not talking about being grateful. Oh, I'm so grateful for you know the the blessings I have in the world. Hey, that's good too. But I'm talking about starting to like your body instead of hate your body. Be grateful that you have legs that take take you from place to place, arms that can hug a friend, that kind of thing, rather than say, oh my God, what's happening? My arms are so huge, something like that. It could be about listening to your body every day, you know, listening to your, 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 what do you need? Do you need, what kind of food do you need? What kind of exercise do you need? How do you feel? It can be taking care of your body in a new way. It could be about processing difficult emotions rather than masking them. 
or stuffing them down or positive thinking them away, which none of those things work. Okay. So now I have, if you're listening on the radio, you're just going to have to imagine this. If you're watching, then you get to see me break a pencil. (laughs) Okay. Here's a pencil. All right. I hope I can do this. Oh my God. There, I did it. I broke a pencil in half. Yes. Why did I break a pencil in half? What the heck am I doing? Let me tell you. Look, it's relatively easy to break a pencil in half, right? You just saw me do it or heard me do it. Crunch. All right. But you know what's hard? You know what's hard? To break a bunch. And now I'm holding up a bunch, like 10 pencils. I, you cannot, you cannot break 10 pencils. I'm really trying. I can't do it. All right. So something as small as a pencil becomes impossible to break when it is surrounded by other pencils. So this is actually kind of an, an analogy about life. Weak things become strong when given proper support. If we look at nature, we find the same lesson, right? Most animals live in communities instead of on their own. Fish, birds, even they 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 move in groups because they need to protect themselves from predators and because they connect with each other. You know, um, beavers build better shelters and dams when it's a group effort. A beaver trying to build a dam by itself is going to take a long time, but when you have a group of beavers, hey, you build that dam. And humans are no exception. So, you know. We we thrive in communities because we need each other to survive and to thrive. Emotionally, we rely on the people around us for love, for strength, for support, and the fulfillment of other needs, lots of other needs. So we got to learn to rely on each other rather than suffering in silence. Um, we, we tend to live in a culture that kind of says like, hey, you know, man up. You got this. Do this. You're strong. Do this on your own. As if doing it on your own is the only good way to go. And so often we try to do it on our own. We keep our feelings to ourselves. We pretend to everybody else that we're doing just fine. Everything. Hey, how are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. You know what fine stands for? I forget what movie it it was, but fine. The character says, Fine stands for effed up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. You know, we say, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm great. I'm just doing so well. And then you go home and you eat the kitchen because, no, you are not doing so well. You are not doing so well. But you think you've got to somehow put on the brave face. So another challenge for this year is to rely, rely on someone else or a group of other people to lean on a friend or a loved one or others. Just like these pencils, you will be unbreakable when you're with others. Talk to them about your goals. Talk to them about the stumbling blocks you've uncovered. Talk about what you want, what you don't want. I just have to share this. A good friend... (laughs) Oh, this joke is so terrible. It's just terrible, but I'm going to share it anyway. A good friend is like a good bra. They are always there to support you and they will lift you when you are down. But um, bum. This is why I am not a stand-up comedian among many reasons, but you get the point. Um, so find, rely on other people, find support. And by the way, If you want support, if you want to be surrounded by, if you're feeling like the broken pencil and and you feel broken and you feel terrible and you don't know how to put yourself together again, you want to be part of a group and feel whole again, join my Facebook community, Dr. Nina's Food for Thought Community, Outsmart Emotional Eating. That is the name of my Facebook group. I invite you to join it. There are people from all over the world who are there to support you. We need support. So make an intention this year 
to rely on others. Uh, and Barb is saying, Dr. Barb, who's amazing, check out her, her Dr. Barb, dr.barb.educator on Instagram. She has such a wonderful page and she has um, a, a therapy dog. She does such incredible work with kids and Carmel, Carmel, her amazing therapy dog. She is saying supportive people, truly supportive, truly supportive are the key. Exactly. Yeah. We can't do it alone. We need others. And the, the, the key is to not only rely on other people and it's not to only rely on ourselves. Some people say, I don't want to depend on others. I don't want to be a dependent person. Well, think about it this way. You, you, it's not about being dependent or in, independent. It's not like you're on your own, you're good. And if you're with others and depending on others, you're just a dependent, you know, ball of mush. No, it's about interdependency. So yes, you are your dependence, independent self, and you can depend on other people. Interdependency is the way to go. All right. So next Next goal for the new year, let me give you a little history lesson. <laughs> yes, first I broke a pencil. Now I'm giving you a history lesson. This is not your ordinary New Year's happiness blueprint, is it? Okay. All right. So if you're in the States, as many people are, uh, although I know, you know, the Dr. Nina show has listeners all over the world, but, you know, probably people all over the world are familiar as we are in the United States of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. Paul Revere desperately rode through the Massachusetts countryside to alert John Hancock and Samuel Adams that the British were coming to fight the American patriots. Imagine how desperately Paul Revere rode. His entire Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness depended on his success. So it is with desperate and passionate spirit that Paul Revere, who said, the British are coming, the British are coming. Um, it is with the same passionate spirit that I want to present another goal for the New Year's. Revere. Revere your body. Revere your body which sounds perhaps like an impossible task. But what if you were to revere your body as desperately as Paul Revere rode that night, as desperately and passionately as if your life depended on it? What if you were to believe that your life, your pursuit of happiness did not depend on a diet or getting to a certain weight, but on a healthy relationship with yourself? What if you desperately pursued your health and happiness instead of a goal for the number on the scale? How would your relationship with yourself change? Look, we not we may not be on the front lines battling for territory like those early settlers did, but we have we have in front of us a fight, a real fight, a war. Because we are at war with ourselves. We need to fight to be free of diet mentality. We need to achieve freedom from self-loathing, freedom from self-criticism, and freedom from self-hatred. And just like those early soldiers, we are outnumbered. The beauty industry is a $445 dollar billion dollar industry. And it depends on making you feel inadequate. The weight loss industry, the diet industry is a $60 billion a year industry. And business is booming. Every ad, every commercial, every, just about every post, picture, song, magazine, article, you name it, has one outcome, making you feel bad about your body and making you feel bad about the way you look. And of course, then buying their product, buying the new diet, buying the new diet book, buying the new diet app, 
buying the new diet, food, whatever. And so much of what we see, by the way, in ads is completely false and airbrushed. But we are told that if we don't look like that, that we have somehow failed. And if we don't look like that, somehow we're worthless. It's really hard to fight the constant message that you're worthless and that somehow the number on the scale dictates your self-esteem. But we do have a secret weapon. Reverence. Reverence. Reverence is the profound, adoring, and odd respect we have for something. So imagine this year, if you would commit to revering your body for what your body is, which is an incredible um, being, incredible body that breathes and blinks and beats all without asking. Imagine looking into the mirror and saying, I accept you, or I'm grateful for my feet that carry me from place to place, for my legs that also take me places, for my hands that can touch someone I love, my lungs that take in each breath without me asking. What a miracle that is. My mind that refuses to quit on me. What if you were to revere your body and to have reverence for your body rather than hating your body? Barb is saying it's very hard to fight. It's hard when we have a teen with teen daughters, but it's possible to empower them. Yes. I have such a teen daughter. My daughter's just turned it. She is a cheerleader. I know, Barb, you have a similar age daughter. And there are a lot of messages out there about how to look and how to be. And the, the, the key is to talk to our daughters and to watch the way we talk to ourselves. Yeah. What, so Barb is saying, who says what my arm, legs or arms should look like, right? Yeah. Who says? Well, the diet industry is telling you. And by the way, if we were to go back uh, uh, um, not even 100 years, 80 years, you can go back and look at ads for, for women. Are you too skinny? Here, take this. Gain weight. So it's, it's really a, a societal construct. Um, well, it's a, it's a diet industry, diet and beauty industry construct. I think it's changing. Um, so yes, the key is to, cha- to watch the way that you talk to yourself and watch the way you talk um, about other people and what and talk to your daughters and sons because boys are also getting messages about having to look a certain way, be muscular, be big, be built, have a 12 pack abs, like forget the six pack abs, the six pack abs, like that is a thing of the past. Like, oh, that's nothing. No, now you need like the 12 pack abs. It's absolutely, absolutely crazy. That was totally unintentional. Okay. Um, it's crazy. So what, like talk to your daughters and challenge them and sons, challenge them. Like what makes you think that you need to look differently? What are your, where do these ideas come from? And also, and have a really deep conversation about that. Um, it yes it, it it is changing i'm seeing a huge difference it's no longer you know emaciated models uh as and that and as the as what you're supposed to look like in underwear she's saying that victoria's secret is is even changing absolutely and um you know my older daughter i was a single mom my older daughter went to stay with her dad for a weekend and he had a new girlfriend and my daughter And by the way, I was so careful. I never said anything about weight, my weight, about food, about anything. Never, 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 never. My daughter came back. She was six years old, came back from this weekend. um, And she looks in the mirror and she says, she's six years old. And she says, my hips look big. Huh. Where do you think she heard that from? Oh, I'll tell you where she heard that from. Her father's girlfriend, who she, you know, had met just a few times, spent the weekend with this woman and who clearly was like, mm, my hips look big. And my daughter, who had never heard anything like that, 
came back and started saying, mm, my hips look big. So boy, did we have a conversation and she was six years old. It is never too early to talk about these things. Um, and, and, and to, to, to challenge this idea that, you know, this is the certain way that you have to look to be acceptable, to be, to be likable, lovable. And by the way, I've heard a lot of men tell me that they feel this pressure to like a certain kind of women, woman. I've had, I've had men tell me, Hey, I like, you know, I like curvy women. I like, like, I like women with some, oomph. I like to, something to grab onto. I, I don't like skinny women. They tell me, and now I, I feel bad that I, like my friends are giving me a hard time. Cause I, I like women who are bigger. Why, why do they think that they're supposed to like only a certain kind of woman? The same thing. So we've all got to participate in changing the dialogue and changing the ideas and the ideals around weight as a measure of worth. It is not. So reverence, reverence, again, reverence is, it's more than appreciation. It's more than like, oh, I appreciate my body because of all the things my body can do. It's like a deep adoring respect. It's more intense than appreciation. And it's like the most profound feeling of gratitude that you can feel. I will tell you that it, it took, um, it took breast cancer and, and an autoimmune disease for me to develop this idea of reverence. Because even doing what I do, I was still, you know, I'd still sometimes think, hmm, I, I wish I would be tighter here, this, that, or whatever, you know, I, and, and it, having, getting sick taught me deep reverence for being healthy. So I invite you all to develop reverence. Because that deep feeling of awe, respect, and gratitude dramatically changes our relationships with ourselves, our bodies, our, our emotions, others, and food. You know, it takes time to rewire our minds. But if you've been telling yourself for years that you're not good enough, don't expect change overnight. This is back to the uh, planting the seeds, right? We plant a seed and we water it, we water it, we water it, and nothing happens for a long time. We water it, we water it, we water it, we water it. We look at the ground, we're like, we look at the soil, we're like, what? Is anything happening in there? What's happening? Looks like nothing is happening. We just see soil. And then one day, because we keep watering, we keep watering, we keep watering, we have faith. One day we see a little green sprout come out of the soil, which grows and grows and blooms and becomes magnificent. That's the same with change. We have to plant seeds of change. And how do we water? By practicing a new way over and over and over and over. And Barb is saying so much influences us. We need to rethink what we believe and why. Exactly. We, we aren't born believing that our thighs are too big. We aren't born believing we're not good enough. We aren't born hating ourselves. We're born loving ourselves. I remember my, my younger daughter, she's about two years old. And one day she had like a big lunch. And I think it, it was a day we we're going swimming or something. And she put, she put on, we, we put on her little bathing suit and she's standing there and her tummy is sticking out and she goes, she like pats it like a Buddha belly. And she's like, I love my big tummy. I just love my big tummy. Yeah. We're not born hating ourselves. We learn to hate ourselves because we are influenced by society, by media, by the, 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 the diet industry, by the beauty industry that is selling us this notion because it wants us to sell, to buy, it, it has to sell us this because it wants us to buy its products. It's a $60 billion industry. It depends on people continuing to diet and feel bad about themselves. 
Barb is saying that her confidence about herself makes her attractive and, and likable, not others' standards about looks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, it's what's inside. Like, have, have you ever met anyone? I remember when I was dating and I, I, I dated this one person who he looked like JFK Jr. He was so attractive, but he was so insecure. And as time went on, he began to be less attractive to me because he was so insecure and then and sort of negative. And anyway, like there's a whole reason I didn't, I stopped dating him. <laughs> and I also dated someone else who was not as drop dead, like absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous as the other guy was. And he had such an amazing wit and he was so smart and he was so interesting that he began to get more and more and more attractive to me. So it's what's in, when people say, what's well, inside that matters, you got to be attracted to your partner. But what makes people attracted and what makes people attractive and what makes you attractive is not just the, the shell of your, your body and your, your appearance. It's what are, what do you exude? What are, who are you? What are you saying? What's the energy that you give, give out? That also has a lot to do with it. And that has to do with the way you think and who you are. So here, here's, here's the, the commitment for, for this new year. Tell yourself one thing that you appreciate about your body every day. Even if you only find to, about your body, not yourself. I am not saying, hey, look in the mirror and say, I'm such a good person. No, uh, that doesn't help. <laughs> look in the mirror and say, you know what? I really like my eyes or I really like my smile or my hair is really nice. Or I like this, my strong thighs or, you know, whatever it is, look in the mirror and find at least one quality of your body that you like and appreciate every single day. And even if over a week you only come up with two or three things, that's what I want you to focus on when you look in the mirror. Because if you, if you look in the mirror and you are only looking at what you don't like, you're going to feel terrible. You're going to feel bad about your body. You're going to feel bad about yourself. You're going to have a bad day. Then you're going to go to the kitchen and eat whatever. And then you're going to feel guilty. And the whole day is going to be shot. But if you look in the mirror and you say, you know what? I, yeah, okay. I want this to change a little bit, but I really like this. And I really like that. You're going to feel better. You're going to go out in the world and you're going to feel good. Try it. Let me know how it goes. So, speaking of dieting, speaking of dieting and food, food has gotten complicated. I don't think I'm going to be able to get through all of, all of these today, but I'm going to do the, the, the best that I can do. Um, food has... Food has gotten complicated. We have, you know, dieting has gotten complicated. We have low fat, low carb, low, low salt, <laughs> juice cleanses, keto, paleo, vegetarian, vegan, no sugar, gluten-free, organic, non-GMO. Oh, the list goes on and on and on. It's, it's a lot there. It's stressful just to think about it. Um, so, with all of these ways of thinking, when's the last time, when's the last time you really tuned in to your body, listened to how hungry you were physically or distinguished between emotional or physical hunger? When was the last time you actually enjoyed what you were eating? Um, Because we love to like, like referee ourselves, you know. Too many carbs. You're bad. Oh, you ate carbs. The day is over. You're back to square one. We have this internal referee that is constantly watching what we're eating and trying to abide by some standard of eating that is impossible to meet. 
that uh, we're constantly feeling bad about what, what we're eating. And because we're always messing up according to the food rules, then we, we, we feel defeated and we might binge or turn to food emotionally to comfort ourselves and eat away the shame. So there is another way. Yeah. Yeah. Think about where did these rules come from? You know where these rules came from, right? There's this endless encyclopedia of dieting rules and regulations that we are all living under, but who wrote them? I'll tell you who wrote them. The diet industry wrote them. The people who depend on you dieting wrote them. That is why it is a $60 billion industry. They need dieters. And dieting leads to binging, which leads to dieting. The diet binge cycle depends on dieting so that you will then binge, so that then you will then diet. But how did our ancestors survive thousands of years without calorie counting or going gluten-free? And it's not because they were paleo. They listened to their bodies. The secret to making peace with food and finding food freedom is throwing out all the rules except one. Listen to your body and honor what it tells you. And I know that being told, hey, guess what? You can throw away all those food rules. That is like being told, hey, why don't you, who hate water, why don't you swim the English Channel without a life preserver? <laughs> like what? Um, you might believe that without all these food rules that you are just going to go crazy. You're going to eat everything in sight. But guess what? That is not true. Scientists have found that when people are given permission to eat their forbidden foods, they actually eat less. So your rules about what foods you can or can't eat, um, where you can can or can't eat, and what you can or can't eat are not helping you. The restriction mentality leads to wanting what you cannot have, which leads to overdoing it or binging. Restriction leads to binging. For every diet, there is an equal and opposite binge. So uh, when you tell yourself something like, you know, hey, don't have the cookies, what are you going to do? You're going to want the cookies. You're going to want the cookies. And you're only going to be able to think about cookies until you have the cookies. And then you're going to have two. And you're going to say, oh, my God, I had two cookies. I've blown it. I might as well have all the cookies and everything else in the pantry while I'm at it because today has been a bad day and I'm going to start over tomorrow. But by giving yourself intentional permission to eat the cookies, you can actually decide whether you want the cookies. And by the way, I'm saying cookies, but I mean anything on your forbidden food list. Um, and if so, how many you want, right? So, so, this is about re-engaging with your body. Set an intention in this year to re-engage with your body. Listen to your hunger signals. Listen to your taste buds. Figure out what it is that you are hungry for, which comes from internally. That's in, intuitive eating is internal as opposed to a diet or food plan telling you what to eat or when to eat it. When you engage with your body. When you re-engage with your body, you will eat when you are hungry. You will stop when you are full and you will enjoy food. It is a process. It may sound impossible, but it is a process and you can start it today. So, um, you know, figure out, are you hungry? How hungry? What are you, what does your body feel like? Do you need protein? Do you need carbs? What is it that you want? Be a, be a, where's my, I have another prop, my fun prop. Be curious. Be curious about what it is you are hungry for. I'm, for those of you who are listening, I'm, I'm, I'm holding up a microscope. <laughs> Look for the clues. Um, are you physically hungry? Are you emotionally hungry? 
Physical hunger is physical felt in your body. Emotional hunger is, "Mm, that looks good. That sounds good. That's going to make me feel better. That's emotional hunger. So if it is emotional hunger, then attune to your emotions rather than use food to uh, avoid them. Okay, that is it for today. That is it for this year. Please remember these strategies for this year. Recommit to yourself, re-engage, revere, get rid of all of those diet rules, and learn to depend on other people, learn to to lean on other people. These are all things that can really help you in the coming year. I wish you a very, very, very happy new year, happy 2023, and I will see you next year. Take good care. Bye. Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of Dream Vision 7 Radio Network's unique in-house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process. Schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or go to dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you for joining the Dr. Nina Show. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Join Dr. Nina next time for more diet-free strategies on how to outsmart emotional eating so you can stop thinking about food and start living your best and most happy life. Find out more about Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland at drninainc.com. That's D-R-N-I-N-A-I-N-C.com. Dr. Nina Show is now on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Tuesday, 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Time. From the healing heart of Dr. Nina Sabelle Rockland comes a message of hope for people struggling with binge eating. She helps listeners break free from emotional eating by identifying the hidden triggers to binging and provides a path for healing without dieting or focusing on food. As she puts it, it's not what you're eating that's the real problem, it's what's eating at you. Be sure to tune in for diet-free strategies on how to outsmart emotional eating so you can stop thinking about food and start living your best and most happy life. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.